Uh, but you're holding up. Now, you're in D.C., correct? Yes, I am in D.C. How are you all doing up there? Uh, if I'm in New York. Ryan is actually in Bethesda, so you guys are neighbors. Oh, hey. We are. We're very, we live very close to one another. That's hilarious. Yeah. So um, thank you so much for being with us and taking the time to be with us today, Dr. Ruff. I know it's hard to imagine a life after coronavirus, but at some point we're going to get there. And, you know, now is probably a good time to be doing the research for the procedures that we may wanted to have had right around now or, um, you know, we're thinking about having. So I met you, Dr. Ruff, at an event for Vaser liposuction. So Dr. Ruff, can you start by telling us what is Vaser liposuction? Uh, So, I mean, liposuction is liposuction. Uh, It is just the removal of fat from areas that we don't want. Uh, How that is done uh, is done through a variety of different means. And yes, a lot of people know laser liposuction. It was extremely well marketed, probably one of the best marketed um, devices uh, out there. And there are a number on the market now. Um, Vaser is a little bit different. It's unique. And it's it's been around since uh, the early 2000s. Uh, I was the first person in the D.C. region to have and use the device, and it really has become the go-to from a body contouring standpoint in my practice. And it's unique in that it uses ultrasound. And so VASER is actually an acronym uh, that means Vibration Amplification of Sound Energy at Resonance. And all it is is a description of of how it works, uh, underscoring how gentle it is on the cells, uh, and how precise it can be from a body contouring standpoint. And you bring up a good point with the gentle on the cells. So this is a really good option for people who want to transfer fat, correct? Because you can sort of maintain more of that fat? Yes. Keep it alive? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And, um, and more so than other types of you know, liposuction, correct? Yes. So mechanical liposuction, which was the original, uh, it's what uh, everything we do is based off of, comes with a lot of shear, exactly, a lot of shear forces. Um, uh, There is uh, trauma to the cells. And so the number of cells that are actually viable and available to transfer is low. Uh, In order for us to optimize that, we need a way to gently tease the cells out of their native environment and respect their, respect their membranes, uh, being able to um, then, then partition them up into smaller and smaller packets because those cells, you know, they're in a very happy environment. They're getting nutrition from all kinds of sources. And, mm. and as soon as we disrupt that, we disrupt their entire nutritional capabilities. And so when we transfer it back in, we need small packets of cells that can uh, do something called drink from the environment, uh, so called cellular imbibition. Uh, and in, in, in extracting the cells, the vaser does an excellent job at not only protecting those cells, but creating really small packets that when we transfer them uh, are going to be a lot more likely to um, be able to drink effectively until they can establish their own nutritional sources in their new environments. Uh, I hope that's a, that's a long well, explanation for... To, to break it down like a little bit, um, you know, more in layman's terms... Uh, and we do like the science, so I'm not steering you away from that. But just to take a little step backwards, when you remove fat um, and you're thinking about transferring it, uh, Ryan, you've done this, um, but, you know, the Brazilian butt lift, they transfer it into the butt, they can do it into the boobs, they can do it into the face, um, and you take it out of the body, uh, what is it, about 80%? I'm sorry, it's more like 50% of the fat 
dies, correct? Yeah, the viabilities can be as, as low as about 50 to 60%, all the way up to around 80% with more just mechanical liposuction. Laser, on the other hand, really is just totally destructive mm. uh, and tends not to leave very much that is viable on the, uh, on, on the back end, so that wouldn't be available to us. But with the, the VASER, in uh, the way it works, um, the viability is somewhere between 88 and 94 uh, percent in those studies. When we talk about fat transfer, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is, if, okay, if I'm putting it into, you know, Ryan did his pecs, or if I was to put it into my breasts, or God forbid, my face, they do it a lot under the eyes, correct? Yes. Um, how do I know that I'm going to have even results? Mm. Yeah, that's always a good question. I, they're... they're um, I, I only, in, in doing this for 20 years, I, I've only ever seen something that I would call significantly asymmetric fat take. Uh, there's a lot of planning that goes on, how we process the cells, which portion of the cells that we use uh, for transfer out of uh, the clean cells. Uh, that always, those of us who do it regularly, helps optimize uh, any lack of asymmetric take or, or where it takes in one place and doesn't take in the other. Uh, I, I would say the only time I've ever seen that happen in the buttocks uh, is someone who uh, will acknowledge that uh, I wasn't very good about my positioning. I kind of stayed on my left side more than my right. And that kind yeah. of pressure will definitely have an effect over time. Uh, we try and, and educate patients preoperatively on those tiny little nuances. So, so, I mean, if you have a fat transfer to the face and you're a face sleeper and you face uh, sleep on your left side, that side's probably going to have more pressure. It may be a little more swollen because it's dependent uh, early on, but when we get to final results, patients may see that that, that pressure-laden side uh, or pressure-affected side uh, has has less of an expected take than the opposite side. And so so there's, how, there's... Wait, how long do you have to, you know, only sleep on one side or make sure that you're sitting evenly or, I don't know, not favoring one side if you have a butt lift or not sleeping on your chest or your face? We prefer to put patients in suspended animation for like six weeks. Mm -hmm. No, I'm joking. Um, I'm like, that'd be amazing. <laughs> no, no, wouldn't it be? No, I, I, I think really protecting it for the first two to three weeks is the okay. critical period. Okay. And that's, yeah. that's, that's the most important period. Beyond that, um, it's unlikely the cells have started to establish themselves. Uh, what's going to survive is definitely going to survive at that point. Uh, unless you have some unexpected trauma to the area, uh, the, the likelihood that uh, anything would change from that point forward is small. So doctor, you brought up the butt and you brought up not going under the muscle. I'm turning 40, not that far away. Ugh. And I'm noticing the bottom of my butt is not looking like it did before. I think they call that the banana roll. Uh, now, that's the roll just under the fold. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, I know I can squat different. I can do, I can, there's a hundred things I could do, but could I, you know, go for a long weekend, gain five pounds real quick and just hit that lower area? Is that, does that need a lot of fat to fill in that little tiny nooch underneath the cheek? It doesn't need a lot. Uh, it just needs enough to support uh, that area. I, uh, we're built with little support mechanisms, and when those start to deteriorate, that's when we start to see lines, wrinkles, depressions, you know, things shifting. Uh, that even goes with some of our muscle volume as we age. And you know, clearly, maintaining muscle volume is a lot more important than you know being able to run 25 miles. Um, so I think that's a, you know, as we as we age, 
shifting how we work out to, to optimize that uh, is uh, really, really important. But when we do have little depressions uh, or areas uh, and we have you know, fat that has you know, redistributed itself, uh, it is great to be able to take that fat and repurpose it into areas uh, that have changed or shifted. Now, you do bring up a, a good point, though. A lot of people will say, should I gain 5, 10 pounds to you know, be able to transfer more? And you know, I, I am a big believer that I want people at a stable, maintainable weight. That's when things are predictable uh, because mm. fat is like any other fat. When we gain weight, it's going to gain weight with us. And when we lose weight, it's absolutely going to lose weight with us. And my really only unhappy patients are those who try and gain a tremendous amount of weight uh, to be able to allow transfer. And I really, really caution against this. Um, and then we do the suction, we do the transfer, and then they try and get themselves down at or below the weight that you know they feel they're happiest at. Uh, and then they say, well, where did all my fat go? Well, it really didn't go anywhere. It's just, it's shrunk. I mean, those, it's a storage depot. It has a lot of other functions, but you know, for that purpose, it's a, it's a storage depot. And when we shrink the storage depot, it's not going to be as big. Um, it's not that it's not there. It's just not as big. Is Vaser more expensive than other types of liposuction for like base liposuction? I think it depends on the area in the region and, and what the individual doctor wants to price it out as. You know, for me, it's my tool. So no, it's, it's, it, it, in my office, that's what I use. Right. Um, so um, you know, that is going to be priced at what my liposuction cost is. Um, so wait, now I want to know, is what is that add-on cost to then put it back into the body? Um, that also varies by region too. I think uh, depending on the big areas of the, the areas of the body that we're, we will uh, add into, it could be anywhere from $1,500 to about $4,500 if we're doing multiple areas of the body, only for processing and time and, and um, uh, you know, just the, the, the number of little components that are required for different areas. Because we, we use different cannulas and insertion techniques for different areas of the body because they're all unique. And so they, they all have special tools that go to those areas. But like Could, to put it back, sorry, to put it back into like the breast, let's say, yeah. that's ha ballpark? Somewhere oh, wow. between $1,500 and $2,500. That's, I, I, I'm, 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 my, my look of surprise is more that I feel like that's much lower than I was thinking that it would be. When you consider that a syringe of filler is, you know, $1,200, $1,500, depending on where you are in the country. Um, and not permanent. And not permanent, the fat True. seems like a really, it, is that a much better way to go? If someone is considering liposuction or body contouring, uh, so th th here's the big balance. If, if I am just going to harvest enough to transfer, that's going to have a different cost structure than if I'm performing a vasor liposuction, mm. I have product, if you want to call it that, product available to us. Uh, and, and then decide, uh, do we want to use it in other places? And so there is a little bit of a differentiation from a pricing or cost standpoint on what the purpose is. Sure. Okay, right. Mm -hmm. So how many, it, I, right, you wouldn't, this might not be the most um, economical procedure mm -hmm. if you're not already having liposuction because then you're also paying for the, the harvesting, the liposuction. Um, but how many of your patients who do liposuction what percentage are then taking the fat and putting it back into their body somewhere? Somewhere between uh, 40 to 60%. Mm. Yeah. Almost half the patients that we do will, will decide to have something put somewhere else. Oh, so like what are the best, most popular areas right now? 
actually the ones that you have totally described, mm -hmm. breast, breast yeah. and face. I mean, those are the common ones. Yeah. Uh, other areas include the pectoral region for men, uh, hands, absolutely, oh, hands is a great one. for the hands. Um, we do that. Most of my 50 plus year olds, I, I really recommend that they consider that. Not everybody takes up on it, but you know, they, they love the way it looks. And um, because we can process this down even into nano fat really effectively, essentially liquefied fat, uh, mm -hmm. We use this little dermal microneedling technique uh, with these um, fine microcannulas. Uh, they're like you know, 0.6 millimeters and about 20 microns in diameter, but it allows us to deposit um, you know, these, these very potent cells up in that superficial dermal epidermal, the skin layer junction, where we see all the wrinkling and all that textural change uh, and, and has pretty dramatic effect uh, on that very surface. Because we can volumize and you know, volumization has a certain amount of effect, but if you really want to get that youthful uh, looking skin, we need to even treat up further into that, that, that top layer as effectively as possible. And this type of fat gives us the capability of doing it. So doc, can I, can I come in, get a consult, show you the role? Can I stay awake? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you know, individual tolerance varies. <clears throat> and mm -hmm. I think uh, being able to be honest with oneself, what they're going to be able to tolerate. Because when we do things under local anesthesia or even a little tiny bit of oral medication that makes people feel like they've had a couple cocktails, uh, we also have something called Pronox, which is a nitrous oxide to help reduce pain and anxiety. But nobody's ever asleep asleep. Right. Um, patients are still aware, you know, they feel things, they'll feel push tugs, sometimes a little bit of discomfort in areas. And as long as patients are willing to accept that, know that they're going to be able to tolerate that, uh, with these areas, totally easy to do. Sign me up. I, so wait, <laughs> Ryan, are you thinking about, you want, you want fat to put back under that roll? You're not yeah. talking about the roll that's like under my top is the nice is round. A 10. Yeah. It's a 10. Gotcha. The bottom is I'm like, oh, I, how did I all of a sudden have an old man ass? Yeah. Shit. So, oh, and it's with, that bottom that shows it too. I know. And I absolutely, listen, I have no shame at this point. I'm not, you know, slinging it. But at the end of the day, you know, I know, I know that I could gain personally gain 10 pounds and do a lift tonic class and do kill killer legs twice a week. I'm tired. I don't want to do it. <laughs> don't want to do it. Listen, uh, I get you know, it. I, I summer's totally around get it. the corner. Summer's so, around the corner. Speaking of summer being around the corner, you know, and we know, like we said, um, we're not sure when the um, reg when when the restrictions on elective surgeries are going to be lifted. Um, yeah. At the time of recording this, we're just not sure. How long is the recovery, or rather, how long? How close to, you know, bathing suit season can you have procedures like this? If they're small areas, isolated liposuction with a vaser, uh, pain, bruising, recovery is pretty quick. I would say anywhere from about two to four weeks, depending on maybe even six if, it's, if they're relatively small. But if we're doing like arms, uh, underarm area, mid-back roll, flanks, abdomen, maybe inner thighs, that's something where a, a six to eight week window to at least starting to feel comfortable um, in less clothing, I, I think would be advisable. Um, so, so it can be quick. 
but like May is is probably wow. So like as a plastic surgeon though, that's this has to be it's incredibly tough. tough right now because this is when people would be coming in. I'm sorry about this that. I body, you know, it is what it is. You yeah. know, we we uh, we're still lucky to be able to do what we do and. Um, like being able to educate like we're educating now, I think is tremendous. So when the time is right, the time is right. Absolutely. But, but, but probably you're looking more into, if you're thinking about doing a bigger procedure, waiting until the fall. Womp womp. Darn, this was the year, Ryan. No, I disagree. Why, I, why wait? This is the, I mean, we've all been in the longest time out of our lives. I know, I know, but it's like, it's like if it's May... Who knows? If I didn't, if I didn't like my body, and I wanted to, and I, this was in the pipeline to begin with, I'm yeah. not waiting. I'm going to get it done, and if I can snatch like the last end of summer to the best of my ability, I'm gonna right. do it. Ugh, can't wait to get in there and do this. Now with the Vaser, is there any, um, is there any skin tightening effect? Because I know with some of the, you know, some of the ultrasound technologies are, are being used right now for um, skin tightening. Is there anything? Yeah. Do we get any sort of like skin tightening with the vaser? So when we look at, at, at retraction of that, that skin back down onto our underlying framework, uh, our body, um, traditional liposuction only gives us about 8 to 10, maybe 11% retraction. Uh, as we add in the vaser, uh, we're getting up into, you know, you know, 20 some percent, uh, retraction, uh, which is, you know, it's quite a bit, uh, better than others. And that really has to do with the fact that those fiber structures, that architecture underneath the skin, uh, is allowed to uh, gently retract itself back, uh, Mm -hmm. without scar tissue, uh, without, uh, you know, excessive disruption that would lead to, you know, irregularities and things like that. So yes, we do get, uh, a better tightening of the entire region. Now, does that translate into crepey skin on the surface not being crepey afterwards? Probably not, because that that is a problem that is much higher up or much more towards the surface. Uh, but when we're talking about the, but what's happening right below the surface, uh, yes, we can do quite a bit to uh, improve that that retraction and, and the, the tone of the skin uh, next to the body. Awesome. Thank you so much for this, doctor. Is there anything else, you know, that you feel like we need to know when it comes to these types of procedures, when it comes to VASER and when it comes to transferring our fat? I would say the most important thing is go to somebody who's got a lot of experience doing this. Uh, I would even tell you when I was two, three, four, five years out into practice, I thought I was really good and I, I didn't know what experience really translates into. Uh, and as we get to be more experienced, uh, there is just no substitute for that whatsoever. Uh, just the little nuances of how to, you know, shape and curve around a body or um, process the fat or, you know, precisely get into different tissue planes. So uh, the most important thing is to, to, to find somebody who has got a tremendous amount of experience um, and, and can take the time to really create uh, and um, uh, curate a, a bespoke experience for each individual when it comes to, you know, their body contouring, facial contouring needs. And now we talk about, so we talked about the Adam price, but before I let you go in general, and we know that prices are different depending on the doctor, depending on the area, but ballpark for, um, various types of liposuction throughout the body. Can you give us some ballpark prices? 
So I actually do something a little bit unique. Um, I, I actually, most patients, the traditional model is we charge per area. So an abdomen may be $3,000, a flank may be another $2,500, a mid-back mid may be you know, fifteen or $1,750. Um, you know, so that's what the traditional model has always been. That's kind of how I grew up. Uh, I started realizing that you know, the 125-pound gym rat uh, who wants abdomen flanks mid-back is going to take me less time, but there's going to be a higher precision than the, you know, 180-pound person who just hasn't paid attention to lifestyle, uh, things like that. Uh, and the volumes are different, and even certain risk levels are different. So we actually came to an hourly pricing. So I charge by the hour. And so however much it I determine is going to take me to do those areas, that's what my fee is. And I, I, I'm, I think we charge about either $3,500 or $4,000 an hour. So I don't remember that exactly, but that's my charge. Um, most people, though, will still charge per area. Uh, and most areas run anywhere from about you know, $1,750 to $3,000 per area. And you can mm -hmm. you know, add that up over time. I mean, add that up per areas that you want and, and start to come up with at least some relative cost structure uh, that that might be. The reason I brought that up is that we've done a lot of um, conversations with people uh, and experts on the non-invasive body contouring. And at the end of the day, you know, what Ryan and I have come to, the non-invasive is really great for a very specific person. Um, but at the end of the day, sometimes it's the same, if not more expensive than just going and, and and having the liposuction, you know, where the liposuction isn't that much more expensive. Yeah, there, there's oftentimes a premium put to doing non-surgical things yeah. because they are non-surgical. There is relatively lower risk um, at some level, mm -hmm. but uh, satisfaction, uh, there, for, for many things, there is still not quite anything that equates to what surgery can do. I mean, it, it, is, it is still the 100% the, the, the result. Yes. And right now you're doing virtual consults? Yes. So Ryan, maybe we should get on and do a virtual consult because I will come and stay with you. Yes. And we can go to Dr. Ruff. Absolutely. And do some so, ladies who lunchtime lipo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And heck, Love if it. we can stay awake, let's film it. So... <laughs> So doc, so I can, I can send you pictures of my new old man ass. You can absolutely have a consult via picture. I mean, is, is that, is it basically through pictures? Um, or do you, do you, do you zoom? Uh, so we do. So we have, we have, we have zoom. Um, we have another option uh, through the office as well. So what most people will do, will call in, uh, especially right now, um, uh, they will work through our front desk to set up a time. Yeah. Uh, we it is ideal if I have some pictures because it's it's sometimes hard to get up and you know undress or do things. Uh, yes. If I can actually look at a set of pictures over on one screen over here and be able to still talk directly to to the patient and you know, we can actually have a conversation rather than you know feeling uncomfortable uh, you, know, you know disrobing in front of the computer. Um, I, I, I prefer it that way. So that's what we like to do. We like to have patients send in pictures of their areas of concern. We have some uh, format that we'd like that to be in just to make it as efficient as possible. And then the patient and I can actually have a very pleasant educational conversation about what the options are. Obviously, it does not supplant a real in-person consultation where I can truly see you know, tissue texture 
uh, get a better idea of what you know the tissue tolerances might be, and that's where experience really comes in. Um, but I think we can be fairly accurate on giving patients ideas and, and some relative cost analyses uh, for procedures uh, that then will pave the way for what they want to do in the future. Right. Yeah, and like you said, it while while we've got this, um, you know, the world essentially is on pause right now. It's a good time to do the research, um, and you know, to to reach out to doctors and get those virtual consults. Because look, on the patient side too, it's you can <laughs> for the doctors. I know we've spoken to doctors before who say it's great because they can talk to more patients in a day. Um, and you know, the reverse is true for us. Like you can make your rounds and, and do a few different consults with different doctors. So, uh, if this is something that you've been thinking about, you know, now might be a good time to be doing your research and, um, you know, doing some virtual consults. And meeting some doctors. Yeah. And I just want to echo one thing. I, I get a lot of questions about, cause I've done a lot of stuff and people know and blah, blah, blah. I paid for most of my consults. So, and, and I, people are a little, they get a little upset that they have to pay for a doctor's time. And I'm like, time out. I paid to meet my surgeon to make sure that I had a good vibe and I liked the before and afters. So paying for consults really, I just, I really just want to put that out there. It really should not be so taboo because you are sitting and meeting with the doctor. I think people think that when they go through their insurance, they don't pay anything when they're really not doing that. They actually are paying it. They just don't see that transaction except for maybe it. a small um, copay. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it is always a bit surprising to me that patients aren't uh, you know, willing uh, to, to uh, pay for their consultation time. It is education. Uh, it, it is, I think, time well spent, especially the ones who the docs who will take the time and who take that very seriously, which we do. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and most docs will also, if someone decides to proceed, wrap that into the total cost. Uh, so ultimately that, that money spent uh, does go towards uh, a procedure or a treatment, um, depending on the different policies. But that's how we do it. And if yeah. somebody comes in, yes, there is a consultation fee. Um, but we do wrap that into a, a, a treatment cost if that's the way patients will proceed. Yes. Well said, doctor. Um, thank you so much for being with us today. If people want to uh, find you, what is the best way for them to come and see you? West End Plastic Surgery, uh, www.westendplasticsurgery.com. And um, you are right now taking virtual Yes, consults. and we're not and we're not charging for virtual consults right now. Um, so oh, that, nice. I think it's just a great opportunity. Amazing! Thank you so much, and of course, you know, stay safe during all of this. We really appreciate your time. Uh, if you guys have questions for Dr. Ruff that you want us to pass along, we're happy to do that. You can reach us at hello at artbeautypodcast.com, um, and of course, you can always find us on Instagram and Facebook at Art Beauty Podcast. And don't forget. Awesome. Our favorite platform, YouTube. Like, subscribe, check us out, give us a comment, some feedback. We love when you guys comment. We'll see you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thank you.